0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: this fan base is amazing the city of cincinnati is amazing and i wouldn't want to be anywhere else Desmond takes a handoff run right to the right he's got all sorts of room to the 30 25 20 15 10 5 touchdown to the college
0: football world did you see that hello listeners new and old welcome back to your favorite bearcats podcast viva the cats i am your host justin hiles accompanied by my great friend steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the very best of the bearcats once or twice a week in our standard weekly previews, sometimes in our Twitter spaces. We would also like to mention that we are proudly presented by the Ten Twelve network. Again, this is still new for us, so we are happy to be on board with them, as well partnered with Sports Drink. With the easy stuff out of the way, we can immediately start talking about the hard stuff, which is basketball, and it is not fun right now, people. Um, For those of you who were paying attention last night, um, it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all, and this, this situation that the Bearcats have got themselves into where now we're debating about how we fail to succeed in the AAC just becomes more and more pressure to figure out how in the hell we could possibly succeed in the Big 12. Steve, catch us up to speed with what happened because <clears throat> ugly, 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 ugly.
1: Yeah, so uh, the Bearcats decided to uh, say nope to winning a game that they were up by 16 with nine minutes left and decided to lose another bad game uh, on the road. For whatever reason, we cannot win road games. Uh, Wes Miller is 1-6 and in February and March on the road in his UC tenure. Not great. Um, And also, uh, that that one win came against – it was his first February or March – road game uh, against USF last year lost the last six and he's lost the last two in not so great fashion and (laughs) I mean I I, at some point it can't just be a critique of the coach it has to be a critique of the players as well and I don't want to be too harsh but it it just man like you got to find a way to close that game out I understand that you know you haven't had Victor Locken for the past two games but you're up by 16 man to a team that's not very good you got to find a way to beat them
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I, I, I wanna I wanna I wanna go into exactly how this game kind of went because it's not unfamiliar. It really is not unfamiliar. The way this game went, um, the Bearcats were able to kind of keep their lead and keep building on it. And it's sort of this I love looking at game flow charts, it's my favorite thing. And I love when they look great and then they fall apart at the end because this is what happens all the time. They do it. They do this. It's it's the great crevasse. And it comes right back to a point And the Bearcats drop. And our enemies succeed. And it's just happened so many times. And again, this sucks because the whole, whole game, the Bearcats were really in control. There was a little bit of a back and forth towards towards the middle end of the first half. And then it felt like, all right, Bearcats took control, no issue. Then you get to the 7-minute, 26-second 20, mark left in the second half. Bearcats are up 67-54. Feels pretty good. Until the Bearcats then do not score again until the 2-minute and 49-minute mark. That is five minutes of zero offense, of absolute flat offense. And all the meanwhile, ECU went on a complete tear and was able to bring it all the way back. It's a shot-for-shot game at the end. And then again, Bearcats fall flat in the final minute and a half. And we've seen this time and time and time and time again. I feel like a broken record this season. I felt like a broken record last year. It's the same shit every single time. And it always comes down to a game plan That does not seem to exist. I don't know what other way to say it other than we completely fall apart at the end every time. That is not a player problem. I don't care if you've got your go get a bucket guy or you don't. Somebody is able to make a shot on the floor and yet no one does. And call me crazy, but that's a coaching issue. That is a coaching preparedness game plan issue. And it's forcing shots at the end when you don't need to. And also I will say too, to the other side of it, a lot of clean looks at the end, nothing went in. Steve, console me.
1: So um, I'm just pulling up the game book um, on, uh, on the website and um, I two things immediately stick out to me. I'm an analyst for real work. So uh, (laughs) this is kind of just what I do. So um but three point shooting pro. by half uh everybody cincinnati first half three point shooting five for nine pretty good jeremiah davenport i think hit all five of his threes in the first half um maybe one in the second half i'm not exactly sure second half three point shooting two for 12 ecu three point shooting first half one for ten uh, three point shooting in the second half, five for 10 for ECU. And they also went 17 for 29 uh, in field goals overall in the second half, compared to 11 of 36 uh, in the first half for 30% in the first half, 58, 59% in the second half. So, and they missed, they, they went seven for 15 for the free throw line. Like, this could have been a lot worse. And, like, I just, Justin, they beat us 46 to 27 on the boards, they beat us 19 to 4 on offensive <laughs> rebounding it's just like this is just like the they, they probably ECU probably should have won the game pretty pretty handily. Like I I look at this score sheet and I think the game score would have been like more in uh ECU's favor. And like they just didn't hit the Bearcats had the make shots offense going in the first half, and then we uh it, it went away in the second half yeah. to to be frank. But to be to it, be it's just, Put it lightly, <laughs> uh, but there there should be no excuses for you know this this first half. Like, just I'm sorry, there should be no excuses for this losing a, t- a game to East Carolina. And I've been thinking about this, Justin. I, I did want to bring this to the pod. Like, you know, this in the in the American, UC is kind of playing against its itself. And what I mean is, it's playing against its previous teams that had gone through basically this conference has not been much better over like the past over its entire existence it's always been kind of meh maybe a couple up years when Memphis and when Houston was has been better and we were good maybe a couple up years when Memphis was better but you know maybe a couple up years when Temple was up there but it's never been a top five conference in the net and Mm -hmm. I have to do more research on that but it's always been a pretty lousy conference and The I think we're just playing against that same gamut as we played every year and you know like it's it's not as we just weren't you know we we've been playing against the ghosts of ourselves and seeing us lose games that we have traditionally not lost in this conference at Tulane at temple well temple is a whole nother thing, but at at east carolina i mean what's what's another bad loss justin like we we haven't beat houston in seven straight games i mean that's different they, they, they're actually like a now. top five team you know but um it might be eight now i yeah. i really don't want to know but um <laughs> it's it, it's it's that you know obviously the program is not where anybody wants it to be but i think why people are getting so upset is obviously they do believe that the team is more talented than losing like road games like this especially the way we're losing them where we have big leads in the second half and then they just kind of evaporate um and also I think it's that you know we have this idea of how this team is supposed to look against a pretty bad conference and I think just being held to that standard of ourselves and our past selves is kind of like you know hurting the entire mindset and I I wrote some things while I was in the heat of the losing moment last night and about, you know, is, does West have any apologists left? And like, is this a bad mark for him? And will people come back to this? West is not going to get fired. I saw some of like the extremes on Twitter last night saying that of course West should be fired. Um, But Justin, he's not going to get fired. They just gave him an extension. I, maybe we could have a, a conversation that was that extension warranted just yet. I mean, it's, That could be a conversation for the off season. Maybe not right now, but I will end this with this, Justin. We are playing against our past selves, I think there. And, you know, next year is going to be great for us because we get to play actually against other great programs, not named Houston. Like, you know, you have that, you only have two bellwether marks every year. You can't really like, and like everything else is kind of a disappointment uh, to, to our fan base when we've when we've like, been really successful in this league in the past.
0: So um, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it it definitely is the case. I I think this is the thing that we keep coming back to time. And again is the statement of this is not Cincinnati basketball. And I think it's going to suck to it's, it sucks to say it out loud, but this is the shit that happens. You just have to accept it. There is not, it's, it's not accepting that Cincinnati basketball should suck. That is, we're never going to be at that mark. Cincinnati basketball should always be good, should always be great. But, I think people have been so used to winning for so long and have been used to succeeding for so long that when you get to this point, when you have And I, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm before I finish that statement, I'm going to take a hard tangent and we'll come right back because I actually have been in the process of writing this article that I'm going to release at some point soon, but this goes fully into depth about just a few words, how John Brandon fucked Cincinnati. That is it because I don't think that people understand how much of a step back this program took. In such a short amount of time. Wes Miller. As much as. All of the losses. Could really realistically be blamed on him. I don't think it's the case. I don't think you can really blame everything on Wes. I don't think you can really blame everything on the players. It's difficult to say. Exactly. Why. That is the case. Other than the fact. That this reset that we've been at, I want you to think of where we were in 2018, okay? 2018-19. Mick walking out the door. You lose to Iowa in Columbus. Feels like it should have been a home game. It was great. I was there. I was like, this is it. This is going to be great. We're going to go into the second game. We're going to go to the Sweet 16. We're going to make the second weekend. Didn't happen. More excuses from Mick. People are pissed off. People are over Mick. They're over the excuses, over all of that. Mick walks out the door, takes a deal you cannot refuse. All of this comes to the point of now you hire John Brandon. You're going to have a little bit of roster turnover. Okay? That makes sense. Think about this. I want you guys to stew on this real hard. I said this last night in the Twitter space that we did with, um, with Cincy Slangen. The Bearcats, when it comes to recruiting classes, have been absolutely eviscerated since 2016. Five, count them, five, five, let that number stick in your head. Five out of 21 players in six separate consecutive classes have stayed with the Bearcats to the end of their career. And that, mum, that number could still get smaller if JD and Micah don't stay till the end of next year. Five players, it could go down to three out of 21. This is the course for a complete factory reset of a program that is used to winning. And it doesn't matter with what amount of talent you have, doesn't matter what amounts of coaching you have. It is very hard to win when your complete identity takes a 360, then a 720, then a 1080, it's just constantly spinning and it's trying to find the tracks somewhere to get the train back on and where we're at right now, it's, this is all very, this is all very exaggerated, but like where we're at right now, this program is still in a place that is still bleeding. This is not, we're, we're, we're still trying to find our way back. And it's not even a, we should be at a level that we compete. I firmly believe, Especially after looking into all of this stuff that I looked into recently, there is, there, we are exactly where we're supposed to be. And that's, that should be okay right now. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. And I know it's probably going to piss people off. But when you really, realistically think about how much of a just gut punch this program took over the course of five years, you can expect this team to be ready to compete at the highest level in the AAC much less than to compete in the big 12. And I think everybody, like you said, going back to your point, wants to compare to the past, wants to compare to the winningest point. The point that we all remember it where it felt like the world stopped when Trey Scott hit that tip in, tip in shot with like two seconds left against temple at the end of the season in 2019, 2020 season, when we were going into COVID right when that happened, everything shut down. That was the top of the point. Everybody was elated, and we held on to that for so long. Hard, nosedive, kamikaze, crash into the ground after that. That is exactly where we've been. And when you lose as many players, you have the roster roster turnover, and then you have a new coaching system. You have guys that have to adapt. You have guys that leave. You, you cannot be in a position to compete properly. And if you want to keep keep comparing to the past, You have to learn to let that go because all of the guys on this team, almost all of them are still very new. You have JD, Micah, and DDJ. That's the core of your team. These guys have been around for a while. And I think that's a lot of point of contention is that those guys that have been around for a while should be the ones who are setting this team up for success. That's a different conversation altogether. (laughs) I'm, I'm almost out of breath, but like, I, again, I just want to say, Justin,
1: I just want to say you disagreed with me on this very same point, like three weeks ago when we debated this, is it coaching or is it talent? I said, we don't have any talent. You said, no, it's coaching. I'm just glad you came over to my side. I'm just glad you finally agreed with me in this
0: argument. It is, it is 50, 50. It is 50, 50 because I still, I I know, I know, I know you want to take your win and I will give you, I will give you half of your win. But here's here's where I'm ah. saying there is a point. Here's where I'm saying there's a point where it's also not just talent as well. of course, coaching is a is a whole other thing. What I'm saying is on top of the talent, the 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 talent disparity, the coaching disparity where where we're trying to figure stuff out, I think Wes is just playing things as he goes along. He's figuring out a lot, playing at this high of a level because he hasn't been used to that. He coached UNCG for so long. You step up, it's another step up. And now you're going to the big 12. It's going to be even harder. What I'm saying is aside from all of those things that we can control, there are also a lot of outside factors that we have been completely out of control of. And that comes with Wes coming in the door. That comes with John Brandon leaving. That comes with Mick leaving. That comes with John Brandon coming in the door when he did. So many guys have gone in and out of here, like a revolving door. That this program has not really been able to just set its foot down in one spot and say, we can hang our hat here. It's been impossible. And, and so, again, I think, I think partially that comes down to the talent thing. But I also don't, I, I think as much as people want to say, okay, talent, I think it's less about talent. I think it's about consistency. That's where, that's where I think we lack the most. Talent, you can sure. argue all day long because if a guy can go to shot, if you're talking about a guy who just goes out and shoots the ball, you want to talk about that pure skill, that's the talent conversation. When you're talking about guys who know how to play together, who know how to play to a system that a coach set up, you cannot do that when you have three coaches in four years. You cannot do that when you have five out of 21 players sticking around in your program over the course of six seasons. It doesn't happen. Jaron Cumberland, I want you to I want you to think about this. Jaron Cumberland, Kim, uh, lot of, mouth is drying up. Sorry, Jaron Cumberland. There we go. Jaron Cumberland is the last player to have been recruited, start and finish his career with the Bearcats. Last player. It feels like that was a long time ago now. And when you look at this now, you have DDJ still a transfer, Micah. Davenport, those two are the two closest that you're going to have. And aside from that, you have Victor Locken. It, well, it's really Victor Locken. It, it, it's those four. DDJ, Victor Locken, Micah Adams-Woods, and JD. And one of them's a transfer. And then the other one, Jaron Cumberland, graduated. So <laughs> how do you how do you find footing there? How do you find that consistency? How do you find an identity when there's nothing to write home to mom about it's hard it's really hard and you can't compare to the past i talked for like 10 minutes i'm really sorry i've just been i've been i've been way too deep on this on this writing and it's <laughs> it, it's this is this is a very tough conversation for this program because this is not where i want to be but it, no
1: i mean you know, I, it I agree is. with you i i completely agree with you i just think like there still can be an expectation of we should win games against teams we're better at, you know? And like, I think Mm -hmm. that's a completely fair expectation that comes down to the coach, like knowing when to put in like the close the game offense or run down the shot clock, get some shots inside, try to not just jack up 43s a game. Like these are all things that should be come down to coaching and game plan. And how many times has Wes Miller kind of looked overmatched in a game and that team last night that UC lost to, they beat by 28 at home. They, like mm-hmm. the team that they beat, you know, Tulane, they 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 beat them by 11 at home. We know that we're better than these teams, Justin. We've seen it. And like you know, it's not like it was a, a shot at the buzzer or a couple late shots. And that's why I'm worried about UCF coming up on Sunday is because it was a we we almost did the same thing as we did these road games. We were up big. And then we let UCF chip away, chip away, chip away right until the end. And then we won by a couple of extra possessions. But I just, I think it's been endemic of this team all year that they have not closed games or not figured out a way to close games. And well, okay. I'll give you a couple things and then we can talk about UCF a little bit because I do want to bring up something about them. Um, but uh, you know, the, so there's, no, no true big man on the roster right now without Victor Locken. And, you know, I, Victor Lachin has definitely developed this year. You can give a credit to that for Wes Miller, for being able to, uh, his staff being able to develop Mick and Vic into a guy that the Bearcats are sorely missing right now. But there's also the thought that, you know, why is there not another better guy right now on this team than Jarrett Hensley and Kalua Zikpe? And Odie has definitely played well. Like I put in the notes, he had his first two double-digit games of the season in the wins against uh, USF and the loss against – the win against USF and the loss against Tulane. And, you know, that's also a testament to coaching. Like, when when Vic stepped step, like uh, got hurt, they, they were able to say, okay, let's get Odie the ball, and he was able to shine. You know, he definitely has gotten better on that. But it's also the fact that we didn't recruit somebody who was able to play in that. Maybe that's due to the AAC, but – You should be able to recruit above your league when you're Cincinnati. It's, it's this program. And I understand like I'm, now I'm resting on the laurels of our history again, when I've been yelling at other fans for saying, no, we're not that team right now. We're not very good. I think it's all just very frustrating Two, (laughs) I don't think Wes Miller has really like, 100% 100% unity we're beh- we're all behind him obviously right now he still does not have that one trademark big time win that people can all look to and say okay that was the turning point that was where you know we really just like took off from there it's just a lot of like these just bad losses right at the end of the game i think people would be more accepting if we got blown out you know than just like losing Like right at the end, like, I mean, all all, the Houston game also, I mean, Houston is a much better team than us, but you were up by 13 in the second half of that game. And you let that lead slip too. something about these guys on the road. And obviously I agree with you, Justin, building a culture, big part of that big part of having, you know, the trust in your guys to go out and win games. That was why Mick Cronin was so successful usually in those big time road games or just big atmospheres is that he had built out that, that, uh, that culture. This for years on end but I, and it's you know it's obviously some growing pains right now and i think it'll be good for uc to obviously get to the big 12 next year get beat up a couple times and for us to say okay you know we're not just playing against the doldrums anymore we're playing against real teams now and it's you know we really got to step up our game and i think the staff knows that and i'm really interested to see what goes on with the roster at the end of the season um <laughs> i don't know if i'll I, I still think justin at the end of the day Winning one more, just one more regular season game makes this season a success because this is where they were last year, 17 and 13. To, uh, I said 17 and 14 to end the regular season. They need to win one more regular season game for me to consider this season a success and maybe two more games, you know, like just to <laughs> consider it fully. Maybe a all of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not asking for much, just win the yeah. national championship. You know, it's really not that I saw a guy in the, the Slang slanging discord last night, say that uh, Wes Miller has an NCAA championship ceiling. And I'm like, you sure about that? I mean, I, I don't think so. You know, like maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. He can definitely recruit. He can definitely bring in guys. I just think it's just, you know, we, we got to see some more progression on like the kind of offense he likes to run and you know, what kind of defense can we run? to stop these late game collapses, uh, from happening. So, um, yeah, real I, quick about UCF. We did just go on the sons of UCF live show, and that will be up on all, wherever you get your podcast. So they are also part of the Ten Twelve network, go check them out. Uh, we had a good conversation with them. It was a good back and forth, little ribbing here and there. Um, I do think they want to be rivals with us, Justin. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is, this is, uh, it's an interesting point in time to be able to take UCF along with us. Um, And I say that as, you know, all right, (laughs) we're, we're driving, we're in the driver's seat and you guys can just hop in the back, but it is, it is a thing where we're all coming together in this scenario and we're going to have to figure out our place and hopefully our place in the new conference just ends up being above UCF. Um, (laughs) And I'm really hoping that is the case. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a low bar, but it is a bar nonetheless. (laughs) Um, speaking specifically on UCF, um, they bounce back to win two consecutive games after losing five straight, and they're still rated higher in net and Ken Palm. Um, this, this is one of those things too, where I talked about this, uh, sometime last week in just what the home stretch of our final six games was going to look like. Um, and, and if I remember correctly, UCF is still a quad one win. If you can manage to pull that off, it might be a quad two, but I think it's quad one one one. because it's road 75 and less. So it's a quad one win. You have the opportunity to do it. You've proven that you're able to beat UCF. You're you've proven that you're able to figure them out. Can you close? It is the hardest thing to, to, to talk about when you consistently fail to do so. But I think out of a lot of these games, you're coming off, fresh off uh, a handful of losses here that you just were not expecting to have with Tulane, with um, ECU. Like you, you, You want to have that, again, that hang-your-hat-on type of game. Personally, I think there's a really big opportunity here because even though it's not a glamour win by any means, UCF is not bad. They are a good team right now. They are better than we are right now. UCF is is doing about the same a little bit better than we are um their record of course they're <laughs> they're six and six versus our eight and six but they are ranked higher and I do believe truly that with what we saw is that they are a they're a more well-rounded team and they've got things figured out a little bit better they just weren't able to pull it off at the end because Look, I mean, look at look at what we've talked about all season long. I think they've got something gelled a little bit better than we do personally. Maybe I'm wrong in that. And and it it is what it is, but I think UCF is just in a better position right now looking forward, considering how you know young their team is and considering what their expectations are versus ours and where we want to be. We'll see what happens. They are playing Memphis live right now. So if they can manage to beat Memphis, that would be a huge, huge win for them. That would only help us out even more. And I mean, it's not going to help us out when we play Memphis, but I'm sure Memphis is not going to change all that much, and they will still too be a quad one win as well if the Bearcats can manage to pull it off. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think this this is like I said, this is another good opportunity for the Bearcats to just kind of get something at the end of this season. It's like, all right, you can't get Houston. It's not going to happen. You might not get Memphis. It's not going to happen. Get the other toughest team because you faltered against your other chances to have some pretty decent wins. Um, And I would like to say too, that if, if for, for perspective, if ECU, if that were to be at home, that would have been a quad four loss. Granted it's on the road, but it's a quad three loss, which doesn't feel much better. Um. The, Memphis the only currently other thing...
1: leading that game six nothing uh,
0: as we yes. record um, in <laughs> um, in Bluff City. The the only other thing I I want to mention, and this is this is a two second tie back to what we were talking about before. And I'm done with this. There's two sides of this coin. Every single week when we talk about the Bearcats and where they're at, we're talking on the micro level. A lot of what I'm talking about in this sort of revolving door program and trying to figure stuff out. That's a very macro level and not even like, oh, season long level. It's talking you're going back to before you're you're going back to like 2016, 2015. Like that is looking at this whole picture where the Bearcats should be with everything that's happened. Okay, it sucks when you lose a game to 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 Tulane. It sucks when you lose a game to ECU on the road like you don't want that to happen. But when you can kind of back the lens out a little bit and say, okay, maybe don't look at that game as much, but look at the game, look at the season as a whole, then look at the couple seasons as a whole. I think we're still in line with the timeline. Personally, it doesn't feel good, but we're still in line with the timeline. And I think it only proves that we're going to move forward, hopefully, but the big 12 is probably going to kick us in balls and it's going to hurt. Let's not think (laughs) about that. Let's move on. (laughs) Let's not think about that. Um, Last thing we want to cover here um, while we're still on, I guess it's, it's football too. It's probably more football than it is basketball, but big 12 invite tournament. This is something that I started this week and I wanted to have a little bit of a check-in because we are now in the final round. Um, I set this up as a leftovers of the pack 12. And I think we could talk on this for a minute too, just because the pack 12 is in a very uh, they're in dire straits. It's It's not looking too good. Um, and I think they they're definitely trying to convince themselves probably more than other people, but convince themselves that they are not bleeding out right now and they think they're okay. And it's, it's, it's kind of sad to watch, honestly, but anyways, I put together a big 12 invite bracket. I was just curious, wanted to see of all the teams that you could bring to the big 12 from the Pac 12. If you can only take one and you can only save them, from the Titanic as it sinks in the water, which one would it be? Um, And we've managed to cut out every single team now and narrowed it down to Arizona. There you go, Steve and Oregon. So we're in our final two Um, Colorado and Arizona state didn't really stand too much of a chance here in the final round. So, uh, or in the semifinal round. So now we're down to Oregon and Arizona. I have a feeling I know where that's going, but I don't know. Maybe we can hold on for the uh, Arizona boys here.
1: Bear down, baby. Go Cats. <laughs> um, I just wanted to mention this real quick. Um, I, I did listen to the uh, s- subscriber-level edition of the Split Zone Duo Patreon today. Shout out to them. Um, they did mention that um, you know Colorado would likely not come back to the Big 12 just because they still believe in the academic stuff. But uh, it's l- more likely uh, maybe – not more more is not the best word but there is a better chance that arizona arizona state decide to drop the whole academic thing and just try to choose the best sports league so again selfishly i would love to see them both in the big 12 because i'd like to sleep in my own bed and watch a Bearcats game in person but that's another day's conversation so (laughs) go cats win uh you know bear down whatever you say Uh, beat the Ducks Um, I would love to see Arizona I I actually just did visit the McHale Center recently great basketball arena great basketball environment would love to see the Bearcats play a game there Um, Arizona recently beat Oregon in basketball and uh, that Tubellis dude who went off against us scored 40 against Oregon so hold your hat up cats we we didn't give up
0: 40 against him yeah I mean it probably wasn't much better when they're scoring 100 in a game but that's whatever (laughs) conversation for another day Do you love the Big 12 Conference? Do you love college basketball? Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. So come on over to the Midwest Madness Podcast, powered by the 1012 Network, where I, Robbie Triano of SiriusXM, talk all things men's basketball in the Big 12 Conference. Whether it's breaking down the biggest games, interviews with some of the best people covering the league, or discussing which teams will make the big dance, make the Midwest Madness Podcast. Your bi-weekly listen because the best way to prepare for March madness is to listen to the Midwest madness. Brief intermission there, but we're back. Um we're gonna talk real quick about the Big Twelves football preseason rankings per ESPN's SP plus. Steve, give it to me.
1: Real quick, we are gonna go. Uh, start at the top of this rare 14-team league. It'll only be one season only. So we'll start at the top. Texas, number one in the league, number nine overall. Two, Oklahoma, number 14 overall. Number three, TCU, uh, the national semi, uh, runner-ups, are number 19 overall. Four, K-State, number 22 overall. Five, Oklahoma State, number 34 overall. Six, Texas Tech, number 36 overall. Seven, Baylor, number 38 overall. 8, UCF, number 39 overall. And your Cincinnati Bearcats, number 9 in the conference, and number 43 overall. Real quick, 10, Iowa State, number 45. 11, West Virginia, number 50. 12, Houston, number 51. 13, Kansas, number 57. And 14, BYU at number 62. So that is a conference that has all of its teams in the top half. No more, Justin, will we play a team (laughs) that is in the 120s in the SP+. It's a step
0: up, baby. Well, Miami. Um, um, well, uh, wow. Well, in conference. yeah, sorry. Sorry. yeah of, course, <laughs> of course,
1: of course, of course. Um, Miami is basically like a buy game for us now, and I love it. Yeah, Keep playing. It. Yeah,
0: it, it's we'll we'll take the cupcakes now that we can have them. Uh, we're we're gonna need it. Uh, right. re- regardless, though, talking on this whole rundown, I'm really curious to know what your uh, what your surprises are there because I think I had a couple. Um, I would say the biggest one to me would probably be, I would think Texas tech. I'm yeah, honestly a little yeah. surprised they're up so high. I mean, of course, you know, a lot of these other teams down here in the, uh, the latter half didn't really succeed. I would say Texas tech kind of caught me off guard, but also Kansas, Kansas yeah. being all the way down at 13th out of 14th they had a, they had a rough, rough end of their season with the loss of their quarterback, but damn. Yeah. 13th out of 14 with how Kansas played last year. I don't, I don't buy it personally.
1: So SP plus does do a lot on talent and, you know, recruiting rankings and returning roster. And, uh, it is crazy to me that Texas and OU are still at the top. And, uh, I follow an Oklahoma fan now who made a good point that, uh, uh Texas and OU recruited all of the five stars that the Big 12 got in this last recruiting cycle which is kind of crazy. Uh maybe not good <laughs> for the future of the league and its relevance in football but still kind of crazy that OU was that ta- like was pretty talented last year and is going to be this talented this year and went 6 and 7 last year. And uh I don't believe in Texas at all um because they, they always do this. They always get hyped up in the preseason and then they never meet the expectations but um, it is very funny to see them get hyped up again. And just the hype machine, it, I'm just going to laugh at it this year. I'm not going to get upset about mm-hmm. it because usually I'm upset that Texas is taking where the Bearcats are, might be, but I'm just going <laughs> to laugh at the hype machine this year. I think as a big 12 member now, we are allowed to do that.
0: Yeah. I, I personally would say too, that at Texas, this is, this is a very bold statement as a team that has routinely played in the AAC objective point of view, Texas sucks. Like there's, (laughs) there's nothing, horns down, baby, horns down. There is nothing about this program that has said like, yeah. With all, with all of the available talent, with all the available resources that are there, how have they managed to not be the team once since like 2009? (laughs) This, this team is like, they they should be they should be at the level that people talk about ohio state and alabama and georgia and all these other like you know just i, I guess they're more red bloods in the uh in the football world but a good point yeah how no are they not up there things. yeah, yeah it, it's seriously. it's blue blue in basketball red in football and something else in other sports it's it's a rainbow in baseball i guess but uh yeah. i just i don't understand it i really don't get how this team has so much available resources and manages manages to falter so often. I don't get it. I do. And like just the amount of fans they have as
1: well. Um, they are the Dallas Cowboys of college football, which uh, is kind of funny. It's oh kind of God. funny to think about, you know, it's
0: such a good comparison. I mean, it's, hey, it's, they've, they've won
1: a championship more recently than the Cowboys have at least. So hey,
0: hey, oh, Cowboys suck too. Uh, yeah. You'll never, you'll I'm never also, be good.
1: I'm also very interested in West Virginia still being a top 50 team and being so close to UC, despite all of their fans being completely off the Neil Brown train and wanting yeah. him to be fired. So that might be an interesting week 11 game. Um, You know, when, once we get down to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that personally, I think this is going to, I hope it's not the case, but my my mind's eye says that this is going to be the battle of like the seven and five teams, the, the six and six kind of team. Well, I guess it's, it's a 12 game season. It's going to be the six and five and this seven and four teams. Uh, It's, it's going to be the closer to 500 battle. I hope that it's not. I hope the bearcats are up there and you know, as much as I think we still have some animosity somewhere deep down there for West Virginia, I would hope for our sake in a rivalry game at the end of the year that it's closer um hell it's actually they're not even week 12 for us they're they're they're, they're game week 11. 11 yeah yep. i keep forgetting that i just i'm placing that at kansas week. kansas come on man so the big 12 needs to believe in rivalry week because it's just dumb like yep. <laughs> i don't want to no, play miami in rivalry week but i would much rather play west virginia or ucf at the end of the season than play kansas
1: well, if, uh, if if you believe in um, you know, well, ne- never mind. I won't say I won't go there. I was going to make a point about Thanksgiving giving weekend crowds and usually uh, where our students are, but they were good this year. Like a lot of yeah. them were at the two lane game. Tulane game was pretty full, so I'm I disproved my own point there. How about that? That's good there podcasting go. right there, Justin. There it is. Bring up something that you don't say it at all. I love it. <laughs> Keep yourself I also, woman. Yeah, I also will mention real quick that just. Of this uh, preseason list, Bearcats play only two of the top five SP plus teams and they get all of the teams seven through 14, except for themselves on the schedule. So, I mean, there can still be some optimism for this year. And again, I actually asked this question to Justin Williams in his mailbag recently about what, which position group has the most questions going into spring, spring practice. Is it the offensive line? Is it wide receiver or is it, you know, uh, You know, I think I said defensive back, or is it quarterback? And he said offensive line. So, you know, there is obviously – it is going to be a big talking point through the year. But I don't know. Saddy-daddy all the way. Saddy-daddy all the way. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go.
0: Saturdays are for the boys, for the Bearcats. With all of that now on the board, um, we are returning a segment, and this is going to try – we're going to try to make this a weekly thing now because. We used to do it, and we've realized there's a bit of a gap there in the Bearcats world. Um, Do any of you know what's going on with track and field, swimming, uh, women's basketball, tennis, lacrosse, baseball, all of that? Maybe, maybe not. I would would assume probably not. We're going to give it to you in less than two minutes and 20 seconds because that's what a free Twitter account does. Screw you, Elon Musk. I'm not paying for Twitter Blue. No, never. Let's go. Let's go, baby. All right,
1: are we ready to go here? Welcome back to the weekly sports wrap-up. Okay. Taylor Boyer, Boca UC high jump record held by my friend Loretta Blount last weekend in the Music City Challenge and is now the top high jumper in the conference and third in the country. Tyler Wirth recently ran a sub four-minute mile, setting a new school record. Fred Mudani was recently named AAC Field Athlete of the Week after setting a new shot school record of 20.5 meters in shot put which he had already set two times previously this year, as well as the France indoor record and is second in the nation now. Next meet Saturday in South Bend, Indiana. Justin, take us to the pool.
0: Swimming. Did you know that there are only two men's swimming teams in the American Athletic Conference? The 200-meter medley relay team of Grace Gavin, J. Lee Cry, Megan Fleury, and Kaylee Nagel broke the school record Wednesday with a time of 1.39.59. Conference meet continues until Saturday.
1: Women's basketball. The women have won two of their last four games on the road at Tulane and Temple, but a rough season overall for the Bearcats at nine and 16 on the year. Justin, let's take it to the tennis court.
0: Dennis hosting Cleveland state this weekend. The season has not yet started, but they have time to get back and they're ready for conference play as the weather warms up. Thankfully it's been feeling a little bit better.
1: Now we head to the lacrosse pitch. The team started the season this last weekend 2-0 and with two wins over Kent State 14-7 and Gardner-Webb 20-9. to Ava Geller had six goals in the game against Gardner-Webb, and she won AAC Midfielder of the Week. And Cameron Callahan had eight goals and five assists and combined in the games, and she won AAC Freshman of the Week. Uh, the nice. lacrosse bearcats host robert morris at, at Ann marquette at nipper this weekend with a chance to have their best program starting for in, in program history at four and oh. and there is your bearcats sports wrap-up just a reminder that you can find all of these schedules and events on espn plus or at gobearcats.com and if they're at home you can go to all these games except for women's basketball and baseball for free so definitely go out there and support our bearcats In every sport, whenever you can.
0: Now, now to the one that um, I guess we're going to start dubbing as our third sport. We, we, we have ebbs and flows with the seasons. What we've tended to do is ride football, ride basketball, March madness, and see you in August. But we're going to try to add a little bit more here as the seasons go on and try to stay a little bit more consistent. So again, hopefully you guys um can or, or will enjoy having the weekly rundown and it'll make it worthwhile because it does take some time to research but also i think it's a nice little packet of information that just lets you know what's going around going on around the bear guts program but baseball we are going to try to start covering baseball weekly as much as we can it might tailor out towards bi-weekly with our usual off-season flow which hopefully our off-season flow is still going to stick it to once every other week it should be pretty consistent but on baseball we have a new scoreboard where did that new scoreboard come from steve because um you you told me where the where the old one came from i i think we bought this one brand new baby big 12 money (laughs) already paying
1: off so the old one i was telling justin is from the old nippert stadium scoreboard which i think was from about 2007 and uh, you could tell it was pretty old because there was a lot of pixels that were broken and just squares that just didn't show up anymore. It, it had been long overdue <laughs> for a new update for the basket uh, for the baseball video board. And now it's there and it's live and it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, we're 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 gonna be watching uh, crispy HD games now. It's gonna be possible. Oh, hoping hoping exactly. that we have some pretty consistent and good uh, ESPN broadcasts because there will be. Uh, If I if I remember the number correctly, I think 40 games broadcasted on ESPN plus this year, which is good because I pay for ESPN plus like many Bearcats fans every year and get about three or four basketball games. And it just doesn't feel worthy now, whatever, 1299 or whatever it is a month. Uh, There'll there'll be some payoff. So hold on to your subscriptions because you can watch some more Bearcats coming up here soon.
1: Yeah, definitely, and um, I think this was something that you know Phil brought up on the uh, ten twelve podcast that we joined. Um, we don't really have a third sport, like you said, Justin, and um, mm-hmm. I would definitely like you know with our power, with our reach, I would love to promote more sports and see if we can get more people to be following the Bearcats in sports that are not football and men's basketball because there's a lot of great stuff going on on campus that some people just might not know about. So if we can just play a little part in bringing that to people. I'm really happy to. Um, Let's talk about baseball a little bit. So I think there was a big push behind the Bearcats last spring as the MLB lockout was ongoing and the fact that after the lockout started, the Reds decided to just sell off and just have a massive fire sale. Uh, So shout out to uh, the Arrested Development there. (laughs) <laughs> um and you know the season went well um i think i, I don't have their record up in front of me i the only only thing i really remember is that we lost to xavier like four times last year so if we could get that figured out that would be uh, great you know speaking of losing
0: um, to xavier four times yeah <laughs> i mean i know we're not I going know. there we're not they've going broken
1: there. us as a fan base in all sports yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> um I, except hockey. i am really
0: that's right yeah <laughs> we got that sweep over them you know showed them who's better on the ice Wait, did we not add uh, I, hockey to the rundown? We need it. We need to make sure hockey, hockey's hockey's going to have to be in there consistently too. There we go. See,
1: okay. see, well, I'm I'm rusty, Justin. I'm rusty. You know, me too. I man, gotta, me too. I got to catch up. So, <laughs> by the way, yeah, isn't that interesting? Did you know there's only two swimming teams in the men's AAC?
0: That is, that's actually crazy. Like considering that men's swimming teams, yeah, yeah. It's I would I would think it's more, but it's probably a Title Nine thing too.
1: I mean, yeah, certainly. uh, I think it is, but like, it's just, I don't know, to me, that was crazy to just learn that, you know, and then last night, um, or the other night, when I was doing going through the research, like, like, you know, just for example, Iowa State ended their baseball program in like 2001, which to me is like, (laughs) kind of crazy, you know, so, um, and like, you know, just coming up uh, in with the new, new teams that are going to the American, um, there's only going to be like three men's swimming and diving teams in the whole league. And I guess SMU just wins every year, but uh, it is kind of funny though, that um, in the press releases every year, they, um, they say that like every, every day I've been, I've been looking, they say, oh yeah, uh, there are, oh no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, there will only be two uh, members of the men's swimming AAC uh, as Florida Atlantic will take Cincinnati spot when they join um, oh, wow. this summer. Okay. All right. We've talked a lot about swimming. (laughs) I'd like to talk about some.
0: Basketball. Baseball.
1: (laughs) He's knocking the cover off something here. That's the sport. So um, maybe we should have our guy, uh, Andy Nagel on, Justin. He's the uh, director of operations for the baseball team. Um, And he he is the uh, color commentator for all of the home games. So maybe we can work that out and have him on at some point. So. But uh, I want to go over the baseball real quick. They they look to prove the haters wrong as they were picked to finish next to last in the conference by the coaches. And uh, they they have also been projected to finish sixth by Baseball America and seventh by D1 Baseball. There's not a lot of people that are entirely high on the Bearcats this year, but they proved a lot of doubters wrong just a few years ago in 2019. And um, I still want that statue of Scott Guggins built. Um, on campus, so <laughs> once we figure that out, let's let's get on that UC first. Ooh. First priority, nothing else. So, um, last uh, after last season, the Bearcats did lose Cincinnati hometown kid and four year starter Griffin Merritt, who was the conference player of the year last year to the transfer portal. He is now playing for Tennessee, who was pretty dang good last year and looks to be pretty good again in baseball this year. But they returned preseason all AAC infielder Ryan Nicholson and top draft prospect Cole Harding who you might remember from his walk-off homer against those Ohio State Buckeyes. So <laughs> um that was that was a pretty good memory to have, you know, uh, to to see like the those guys uh to to have that memory of like, you know, that big walk-off and for whatever reason, that game was just streaming on GoBearcats.com. It wasn't on ESPN yeah, Plus, so like we got one. like a very grainy video of the ball going <laughs> over the fence, which I think you clipped, by the way. So yeah. <laughs> shout out Justin for that. Um, but I just want to more talk about, you know, like Justin, uh, did you get a chance to go to any baseball games as a student on campus?
0: I went to a handful, not not enough to count on more than one hand, but a handful nonetheless um and you know i think i'd say i I think the experience is definitely fun i i think the it was more fun when we were able to arrange the uh the cheap beer nights and get that going you know that's right this is a quick this is a quick tangent on this on the goog statue i really think it needs to be if we if we build that i it would it would be so good for the program set it up like fountain square have both the hands out to the sides and have beer taps coming out and so and you 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 pay you you pay and then you walk up and and you put your you put your tall boy under there your tall boy cup and it just it fills it up and then you walk into the stadium i think it's a brilliant idea you you honor googs and at the same time you get your beers and you go chill in the stands like I don't know. That's a great we idea. Need, we need something it. more interactive with the baseball <laughs> program. Yeah.
1: Or we just build that outfield student section I've been uh, uh, wanting for years. You know? So wh- one you. day, one day our, our baseball team will will
0: listen to our ideas. But until then, We can just talk. Just we we you can you can you can afford to remove the squirrel's nest. That is that tiny little gap between the walkway between Fifth Third and Shakely. That little gap that like people shortcut to get on the Shakely. Just build bleachers there. I think it'd be worth it. You can put the statue out there and just have students just come up whenever you know. Yeah, it's perfect. Come on,
1: yeah. I anything like that is similar to Ole Miss I definitely want to steal that idea and bring it to Cincinnati because <laughs> I think that sounds like a lot of fun but um I you know like I was able to go to a few baseball games just during the day and then um, like you mentioned we did organize that dollar beer night and um, I asked our buddy Joel this week who was the guy that he was yelling at and he remembered playing his day responded right away he's like his name was Skyler because he kept yelling oh, at him in yeah. a Brooklyn accent, you know, "Hey, Skylar, did tie your shoes wrong. Why you keep looking at him?" You know, and so I remember that. Uh, that was, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but I would definitely advise to any students who are listening, or anybody who maybe doesn't work like a you know nine to five job, or somebody who you know wants to bring their laptop to the ballpark and work from there, definitely do it, man. It's great. It's such a fun yeah. atmosphere. Like. You know, just just as a student, you get to go to the games free. So you know, you just walk in and sit down and enjoy like five good innings of baseball because the games go pretty quick in college baseball. Like there's right. there's not much waiting around and like they're exciting. They steal bases, they hit doubles. It's not just home runs and strikeouts. Like it's a lot of fun and it's a great product. And I got to tell you what, one of the best sport sounds in all the sports is the ping of that aluminum bat, dude. Like it's especially the Eastons. I don't know what it is, but the Eastons sound way better than all the other bats. But um. I also think that the Bearcats have possibly the best uniform of any Cincinnati uh, Bearcats sports team with that Koufax throwback uniform. That is, that is slick. So that's,
0: that's straight from the source here, folks at UC uniforms.
1: Yeah. That that's just one man's opinion, you know, but uh,
0: I could go and grab that on my closet right now.
1: There you go. Nice. But (laughs) uh, I would definitely just advise like, you know, just, go out and enjoy some baseball this year, you know, like heckle the other guys, be nice, but you can heckle (laughs) them a little bit, you know, just be, once you get them to laugh, Justin, that's when you know that they're kind of in on it too. You're not just like yelling at them, like about how their families suck or something like just (laughs) do something funny, like the shoes we mentioned, you know, or something, (laughs) I don't know, like just goofy. And, but I do like want to commend all the fans. There was a lot of games last year where, you know, UC had, like attendance records uh, yeah. for games because there was a lot of people that were coming out and it was like weeknights. And I think they did some things to pair with students and other local groups. And I, I do think that they, they got some momentum off of the Reds, just deciding not to compete last year. And this year it looks like they're not going to compete either. So um, definitely <laughs> like go support the Bearcats baseball team, man. they they should be fun. And, you know, even if they're not good, baseball is such a great sport to just sit outside and enjoy, especially in the springtime in Cincinnati when you've been locked up in your mm-hmm. house for about like four solid months and you just want to go <laughs> enjoy a 55 degree weather in some shorts, go to a Bearcats baseball game.
0: Absolutely. Got to, got to make sure you fill up the tall boys too. It's, it's the most, yeah. it, it, it's the, I firmly believe it is the best beer drinking sport there is. There's nothing that oh, matches it. Basketball. Yeah, 100%. It's not the, it's not the right environment. Football, it feels great, but there's nothing like just sipping on a beer, kicking back, feet up, watching a baseball game. And yeah. if you're doing that, it should be for the Bearcats. I possibly possibly hot take here. Don't waste your money on the Reds. Don't do it. Steve, Steve probably disagree with me, but he might agree with me too. just don't waste your money on the Reds. This this <laughs> this organization has just come to prove that they do not give a flying shit about what anybody thinks of them. And until they prove otherwise, I will not be supporting that. <laughs> I will not be supporting that. I'll probably go to one game and I'll watch watch out of spite. But, yep, it hurts I me. Mean,
1: also. Bearcats baseball tickets are a lot cheaper than Reds tickets. Like you can probably get true. one nice seat at a Reds game uh, for 50 bucks. You can buy season tickets for that rate to the baseball mm-hmm. Bearcats. So, I mean, think about where your money's going, people. Do you want to support the, you know, that team downtown, or do you want to support your local friendly Bearcats? So just, just think about where your money's going.
0: Think about it. It goes a much farther way. I'm telling you. And the beers are cheaper too. That's that's right. That is right. That is and right. that's that's really that's that's the that's the take home there. Um last point that we have here. Um shout out Brian Cook and of course shout out Travis Kelsey, and of course, shout out Jason Kelsey too. Uh the Chiefs did it, they won the Super Bowl, and two Bearcats got rings. Technically, I think there's three on the rock. I think that we have another player on their practice roster too, but
1: I don't, I don't think I, that's I, true. I, I think Reddit, Reddit <laughs> college football put out that graphic and there was like four C paws on there. And I went and looked on the practice squad. No, there's not, there's
0: not another one, but okay. Well then that's fine. So there's two Bearcats that got a ring. Cause I was like, I don't know who they would be, but I saw the same yeah. thing and I was just kind of running with it, but yeah. Uh, congratulations to them. it's, it's great to see Travis again, uh, win again. And it's, you know, it, it hurts the way that it comes, but I'd rather see a Bearcats succeed and watch apathetically than watch apathetically and not see any Bearcats in the Super Bowl. So there's that.
1: Uh, I was definitely playing both sides so I could come out on top by cheering for the Bearcats in the Super Bowl and not the Eagles or the Chiefs. So, but um, I do want to say though, like Justin, now that we're entering like a P5 conference, it's okay to not want to just root for the big 12 just because it's the big 12. Like I heard a guy at the um, we, we were at a restaurant to watch like the first half of the Super Bowl, And I heard a guy who was a Broncos fan say, Oh yeah, it would make the AFC West and the AFC look good. I was like, can we not? Like, like you you don't, I mean, NFL is a completely (laughs) different sport. You really don't have to do that in the NFL, but right. I'm just not the biggest fan of doing that for college. And although I will admit like I, it was pretty cool to see TCU get all the way, like, you know, like to the national championship, but you don't necessarily have to be wearing like TCU gear or, or something. If they, if they were to make it, or if Kansas were to make it to the national championship uh, when we joined, but cause I, I think that all that sec chanting is kind of like annoying, but uh, right. I, I did like, so that a tangent that I shouldn't have gone on, but anyway, <laughs> shout out, like you said, Travis Kelsey somehow always open. Um, never like covered. You can't guard him. He's always open, and he scored another dang touchdown. So uh, shout another out to him. gosh
0: dang touchdown.
1: Another gosh dang touchdown. And then uh, Brian Cook, he uh, definitely played well when he called upon. So um, the end of that game was kind of boring, though. Like I will say, like it was just like it should have had, should have given the Eagles another scripted. chance. You
0: know. Scripted. <laughs> That's gonna is come through bear- really crispy.
1: Spin Zone is this Bearcat season scripted? Do they are they just trying to hold us down so that that the script, the script writers can come back up with a better script next year and just say, How did this team go from horrible on the American (laughs) to like winning the Big 12 right away? And Luke
0: Fickle, was that part of the script? Did you read the script and have to get on a plane and leave? Uh, was that part of the script or did he read the mate? You know what it is? I, 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 okay, here, here it is. This is our (laughs) 10. This is our tinfoil hat theory that will close us out for the night. Luke Fickle read the script and he decided that he no longer wanted to be part of the Bearcats because he would not be part of a team that would be put down. So he went to the Big 10 to go to Wisconsin to be part of a team that would definitely be put down because they always suck at the end of the year. That's please all I play, have to say.
1: <laughs> please play non-licensed conspiracy music under that. Like uh, that 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 definitely deserves it.
0: Can is is that is x-files i think that is very copyrighted but but i know but but if i'm (laughs) saying oh my god whoa zoom just said playing music question mark set up professional audio in audio settings whoa whoa well uh we're still not going to get sued because it was my voice that's mine right there so anyways Thank you guys for tuning in this week. It's been a pleasure having you all listen, hopefully watching as well. If you're not, make sure to check out YouTube because we are consistently putting up our video episodes on YouTube. Again, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Pods, whatever other platform you listen on. Make sure to follow us at Viva Cats Pod if you are not already. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Viva Cats. Go watch some Bearcats basketball. Watch that dub against UCF. Go watch some Bearcats baseball and support your local teams here, folks. Gold
1: Bearcats. Go Bearcats. Go, Bearcats. Go.